With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Into the final moments, Alex Payne trying to keep this side going forward. Haskell takes it on now with just relentless chat largely about himself and there's Tyndall to add the finishing touch of glamour and World Cup winning stories and a slightly sideways nose that is how you podcast a dominant display by the good the bad and the rugby hello dream team welcome along to another episode of the good the bad and the rugby we are back together with the two of you having done a very very good show last week with Eddie Hearn thank you it was good wasn't it yeah do you enjoy it he is a brilliant man very funny do you get worried sometimes you know, the I, more shows that we host, that no, you become smaller and smaller. And when we start saying, maybe you should go on holiday, Alex. You've been saying that since the first episode. I know. I'm still here. I, paid, I bought your ticket one way, you know. Still <laughs> didn't take I managed it. to find my way back. Yeah, it's it's like a boomerang. Don't show off. Like Paddington. Show, got Lying to quality make friends. And <laughs> <Yeah>. Pedigree <laughs> yeah. and studio. Like, Wait, look at me in retirement life. Look how clever I am. I'm in podcast. Anthony Watson, how are you? I'm very well, thank What brings you. you to the GBL studio? Man's not who hot been, either as well. We're all in t-shirts. Nah, bro, yeah. you know me. I'm always trying to be extra warm. <laughs> Mate, so I don't know how you do you, it. You've arrived exhausted. You, it was an enormous size. You sat down. Is, how's the, the way as the world knows, I'm, I'm always tired, mate. Young right. horse Never, always tired. Right. Yeah. Always tired. Why young horse? I don't know. Dylan just nicknamed yeah. him once. Yeah. yeah. I don't actually know where that I, came I still from. don't know why. Either, but right. whenever you talk, you talk, it's just a little pink emoji horse, isn't it? You remember it? <laughs> what, is that what I'm saying on your phone? No, no, no. No, no. Do you remember in the WhatsApp group, every time you go young horse, you just put that pink emoji horse. I don't know what I don't know. the days of the team WhatsApp group. It's been a while, isn't it? Yeah, I know. I've got no friends. Who's king of the WhatsApp group these days around, the, around England? Mako. Mako runs a dictatorship. Mako? Yeah. Is he? he runs oh, a, a strong have gone dictatorship. gone since that. Yeah. We call him Mussolini. Because <laughs> yeah. we play cards and he comes up with all these rules, mate, and it's ridiculous. Mussolini, just... Mussolini. Mussolini. Yeah, mate, he is a joke, honestly. What do you mean the rule? What does mean the cards? What, he just makes up things so he can win? So we've got this card game called Gin, right? Yeah. You know Gin, right? Yes. And he just comes up with the maddest finds you've ever heard of. So, like, you can't swear in the game. But if you're listening to something on your phone during the game and there's a swear word, you get fined. And then he comes up with all kinds of different things that suit him. So he ends up winning and he gets money paid from the the younger lads. Ouch. He's, he's, and he's got enough cash already. Yeah, Which yeah, get yeah, rich, isn't it? Vunipol, yeah. Vunipol, yeah. Vunipol, yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They got paid serious <laughs> coins. <Yeah. laughs> no, I went to probably put that company. portfolio is amazing, yeah. Not as much as Marrow Enterprise, yeah. whatever yeah, yeah, that was. That was some serious yeah. coin. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen 800 grand in a bank account. I imagine what that would have been like. You probably have, haven't you? No chance. No, no way. How are you? I'm good, mate. Yeah? I'm good, yeah. Where Where are you at with rugby life, everything, at the moment? You're in a good place? Because you've had a hell of a roller coaster the last few years. you? I'm You're enjoying it. it. I am. Happy? I'm enjoying it. I think the the change up, to be honest with you, moving to to Leicester was different at first. You know, particularly like the living scenario, going mm. from Bath to Leicester was a change up. It's, I'm literally in a tiny village, 15 minutes south of Leicester. All I do is go training, come home, play PlayStation, walk the dog. So it's, it's a different lifestyle. Um, well, what happened in Bath? What at the end? Yeah, we just went for a coffee, <laughs> then home, then yeah, PlayStation, yeah, 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 yeah. Water dog, yeah. yeah you just yeah. cut out one bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go by the weir and have yeah. a coffee. Yeah. yeah, but 
because Bath is smaller, a lot of the lads would spend a lot more time together right. after training. Whereas, well, you say that you were all up in the posh area up the hill, weren't you? You all went to up. yeah, yeah. You, you all <laughs> went up there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But now, nah, mate, it's been good. The rugby side of it is is amazing at Leicester. To be fair, strange, you know, with Balfour's leaving mid-season yeah. and Wiggy stepping up, but. It's no surprise to me why they've been so successful over the last two years because their program, everything they do is down to a T. Like there's nothing in the schedule that's pointless. So it's been good. It's been good for, from that point of view. The biggest change up must have been just winning a game. What's the biggest what, difference? What is this? I used to go training. I don't, training, I don't understand this feeling yeah, inside yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah, I remember after after the Six Nations, we came in, obviously played straight away, and. Um, I remember trying to deal with it in my head like this is strange because usually like I'm going back to play for nothing (laughs) (laughs) and then we're obviously in Europe and stuff now so it's like trying to get my head around that but no it's been good mate genuinely I'm really enjoying it how's the body it's good it's good it's been how how tough was it the last sort of couple of years yeah it was hard mate the ACL was was a rough one I'll be honest just because of everything that happened around it you know like contract wise and all that stuff and dealing with that and Things didn't end too too well with Bath, the club itself. So I left there with a bit of resentment and a bit of... A bit uh, of fire there then, didn't Exactly, it? yeah. So, like, <laughs> yeah, I gave the lads a whole bunch of shit when I was leaving, saying that I was going to put 40 points on them at, at the wreck next year. <laughs> and then we and we lost in the last play of the game. So the way I disappeared after that game, <laughs> no one saw me, man, because <laughs> I was gone. Um, but, yeah. I didn't really appreciate with the, with the injuries, just because... Obviously, I've been out the, out the game. I knew, I knew you'd had some problems, but I didn't realise just how tough it had been. Because what did you have, an ACL and the Achilles? Yeah, yeah. Because Achilles was the first part, wasn't it? How many games did you get back after, before you did your knee? So I did my Achilles October 2018. No, it wasn't October. It would have been March 2018, I think. Came back, played in the World Cup, and then did my ACL October 21. So I had a, a decent run between them but I think that they were linked to be honest with you I think that the same side yeah 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 and they say that your calf and all that controls a lot of your knees so that was definitely part of it if I hadn't ruptured it twice I might be in a <laughs> spot, but yeah. was, I but, know where you're going with this now you? No, no, no. oh sorry I thought uh-huh. you were going to go into where I ruptured it the second time <laughs> no I don't know there's a story obviously <laughs> how did you rupture so you you've now shit on your own parade yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah happened? I made a big mistake here um, so it sounds like a dance floor it that. wasn't great so I was four months into my rehab right. for my Achilles and I went to do an NFL appearance um, <laughs> amazing and Ooh. this is legit the truth yeah I wasn't doing anything I shouldn't have been doing. Like, I was out the boot, yeah. I was walking, I was, you know, doing stuff I should have been doing. And I literally took a step to catch a ball as part of this appearance. And I felt something in my Achilles. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, it's over. I genuinely thought at that moment, I was like, I'm done. 100% finished. And I got straight in an Uber to see one, one of the physios I know in London because um, I was just praying that it hadn't gone again. And he did this squeeze test. It's like you squeeze the top of your yeah, calf yeah. and if you're... Yeah. yeah, if your foot moves, then you, your Achilles is all right. And he did it, and he was like, I'm "Sorry, mate." I was like, "Oh my god!" Got straight on the phone to the surgeon. Fair play to him. He was at Wimbledon. And he picked up the call, and then he was like, "We're going to send you for an MRI, but it sounds like it's gone again." And I was just like, "Oh my god!" We're going back to square one four months after, and I, I haven't got calves to start with. So no. four months afterwards, I was I had barely any calf, and now I'm set back even more. So that was 
probably the worst. That must have been a, a absolute hell. Because I know, I know um, there was another player, I think, was playing for Newcastle. I won't mention his name, but again, I think they, they went to a, a final and he was in the change room, slipped on the showers. He was still on crutches, slipped on the showers, put his foot down, and mm. it went again. Mm. So these things do happen. Yeah, yeah. Like, you weren't obviously doing anything, anything wrong, but I didn't know you'd ruptured it twice yeah. and then done an ACL. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that feeling must have just been utter hell, wasn't it? When you, what, how do you call it? What, how do you explain to the club as well? Just have that little phone call, like, hello. Yeah, I was, I was called the physio straight away, and he was pretty calm. To be fair, the saving grace was actually when the surgeon went in. He was like, "Mate, your your tendon hadn't actually come back together yet, so it's supposed to come back and like form like this." Right. And mine had been rounded at the edges, so it hadn't actually taken the way it was supposed to. Okay. So, so thankfully, could, could, could you have said that it actually was a good thing? Because if it had carried on that way and you go down six, it could have gone... Exactly, yeah. yeah. If I'd rehabbed maybe for another, I don't know, two, three months, I may have ended up having surgery three again, months yeah. later and then that there World Cup go. would have been in question. And How did you... Because um, I don't think a lot of people appreciate the listeners that how kind of lonely the rehab yeah. path is. Because obviously, you know, once you have surgery, you've got the wound healing to start with. That's the most important thing because you then don't want to get an infection. And then the rehab, but you spend so much time removed i mean again then to have that length of time and then have a and obviously you got to play in the world cup but have the acl just how how lonely were you at that period because it must be pretty dark yeah the achilles was definitely what was worse probably to be fair just because of the monotonous nature of doing an achilles rehab like mate, i was did calf raises for like, <laughs> two up one down honestly, or one down two up or whatever it is seated standing yeah, yeah. eccentric concert i was just tired of it and then watching the lads go out to train and you're going up to do a what bike and you know me on yeah. what bikes mate it's like <laughs> honestly, I know you're in any fitness yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're in any work yeah. apart from school tries yeah. that, <laughs> but, but it is it is the what no one will ever understand professional athlete it's the work it's the time where you train the hardest mm. with no payback mm. you just mm. feel shit crap all yeah. the time because you don't get any you don't even really get the interaction with the lads mm. that you that you want either it's fucking it's tricky did it? you get any psychological support did you do anything around that stuff like you know it's kind yeah. of did you speak to her uncle yeah. hask <laughs> yeah. i've got a great book you could have read called approach that caution that might have, yeah yeah it's a very good book actually yeah um no but did you do any of that stuff like because obviously because you are removed from the game and you kind of end up just doing one-on-one -on -one a lot of time with physios and you're missing the interaction with the lads which is half the reason most mm. of us play the game yeah no uh, no what i did was i've as you know my mum's nigerian so as soon as i got that was probably my first proper serious injury. As soon as that happened, she was like, right, you have to go to university now. I was like, really? She was like, you have to do something. So then I had to... So you, don't, you don't say no to Nigeria, <laughs> no, Absolutely impossible. not. No, 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 yeah, no, 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 no. I love no. it. It's not worth living. Um, so then I started doing that. Um, which what were you studying? I uh, did leadership and management. So I did that. And that took away, you know, some of the, you know, you spent ages just thinking about what I can do to take my mind off my Achilles so that helped a fair bit and then was this University of Bath where did you, where did you no that was at Northumbria it was and distance learning yeah okay. um, so it takes like nine years to finish yeah. <laughs> did it in two mate me sorry <laughs> come about on, that. bro <laughs> sorry about that did you learn a bit about yourself through that process as well like how to manage stuff and put things into perspective because I imagine long term I mean I had eight eight months out with my with my toe which is <laughs> doesn't seem that big a deal with um in toes are the worst though and I, yeah i know but no because because david hay made it a bit of a laughing stock didn't he because he blamed that loss on klitschko to like a tiny broken little toe yeah yeah, and yeah, was yeah. Just like whatever <laughs> so i tried to make him cool again but that took me eight months and made mm. me question a lot about whether i was ever going to make it back did you have any of those moments thinking oh and obviously when you did it the second time mm. were you like i think i might be done here there's, there's no more yeah i think what got me mentally around that was just thinking about making sure i did absolutely everything i could so like it was like you were saying it was pretty lonely and boring but i was doing absolutely everything i could 
to to make sure that I gave myself the best chance of coming back. It's like the days were long, as Tins was saying, like t- long and boring. Um, but I needed to make sure for my own peace of mind that if for whatever reason I couldn't play again, I made sure that I did everything I could to to allow me to give have the best opportunity. And then the difference, to be fair, with doing the ACL um, was I did my rehab outside the club, um, and that was the best thing I ever done. Uh, really? How did you? How? Like, they let you do it? Did you? Yeah. So there was a speed coach who was in Bath, who was under like a mentorship from the a speed coach who's done like CJ Uja, Reese Prescott, like some of the top sprinters in the UK, and I'd worked with him in the past. And then, like I said, he has a. Um, someone under his mentorship in Bath so I started working with him before I did my ACL and then I knew I wanted him involved in the process and then as contract situations started getting a bit sticky I just said look he's going to take over pretty much because that's what I want and it's the best thing for me so in the end I was at the club one day a week seeing the physios and the rest of it I managed with him um, and it was so much better like if I, if I, if I had God forbid I had another long term injury I would definitely, definitely do it on my own again because it's like the one-to-one care, the attention to detail, you know, just being able to have that interaction and control over your own programme is so, so important to me. Yeah, that is, I mean, because I've seen players have that before with like when he's going to see Bill Knowles, you know, the knee, yeah. the knee guy in America who go over there and stay. I mean, I've always said about the rugby stuff is the individualised requirements of the player and what makes it what's possible. Actually, you know, how much those long, those long days, whether you can do it in a shorter period of time, look after yourself more, you get that one-on-one attention and also recovery from injuries is about nutrition, sleep, mental health, the actual rehab, the the physio, the expertise and the recovery. the coach coming going, how are you doing? Yeah. yeah. Give me back. <laughs> you yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I was going to I've got to go outside and look after lads. We'll do it at four, five exactly. o'clock. Yeah. 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 I always find these conversations really interesting because... People who tune in will see you as one of England's genuine world-class players. They'll have seen what you've done in Irish and Bath and now Leicester Colours, Lions shirts, etc. But there is so much that goes on under the surface of, in inverted commas, when Saturday comes. But your journey has been quite sort of up and down at times, hasn't it? Do you reflect on it and see your, your journey like that? I mean, think about the injuries and the moving clubs. And I mean, you, you've spoken a bit about Bath already. I'm going to quote something you said in The Guardian. I don't feel anything for that place anymore. I've got friends there and a few of the staff I'm still friendly with, but in terms of the actual organisation, nothing. I sort of use that as an example of, you know, some people's careers just sort of potter along in one club, others travel the world, etc. But yours has had a lot of ups and downs. Do you feel that? Yeah, I think particularly over the last four years, like you said, with injuries and the moving club, I think that that's been a big change up. I think it's made me realise a few things about yourself as a person you know when you're at one place anyway this is how I found it when I was at Bath at one place for so long I felt like entitled is the wrong word but you feel like the club doesn't revolve around you but you're a key piece to the club and like they need you etc etc whereas you realize you know after you leave stuff moves on with or without you do you know what I mean it's like the world moves on it's not you're not as big a deal as you think you are well, maybe maybe it's different for Hass. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Like I'm not, so. I didn't even re-sign me. They bin me out the back door, put me on the table by the bins, was, and then gave me 30 seconds on stage with Guy Thompson to say goodbye to me after 12 years and gave me a framed picture of loads of pictures of me throughout the years. So 
Thanks. Well, that's what Let's I mean. Let's say at Gloucester, I got a leaving shirt and then ended up staying for two more years. Right. All the boys signed a leaving shirt and then ended up staying for two years. <laughs> it's fucking... The whole thing is fucked. It's, it's like, but I think this is genuinely very interesting because, you know, uh, as a trio, you have achieved so much in the game. And yet I think there is a growing understanding now, particularly as we're seeing players moving to France, etc. And we'll come on to that. But I think there was a growing understanding of the rugby fan to just how sort of unstable a life it is as an elite rugby player at the moment. I'm sort of genuinely interested as to whether you're really comfortable with the journey you've been on and you talk about what you've learnt, etc. Would you do it again? Is there part of you that would love to have been a one-club man? Is there, Do you look at what it might have been and think, my career's frustrated me? Or do you think it's the road I've walked, so I'm very comfortable with it? Yeah, no, I wouldn't say it frustrated me at all. There are definitely periods where you're frustrated, but I can't look back on it with any kind of like... I'm frustrated at X or Y. At the same time, I'm not happy with how it was finished and I don't think it was dealt with in a respectful manner personally. This is Bath. This is Bath, yeah. yeah. Um, but the injuries and stuff like that, I think were, were beneficial to me as a person. That's more important than any rugby um, decision or anything like that. Has anyone reached out? Have you built any bridges with Bath or is it done? No. Done? I don't know. Would you... I'm, I'm quite a... Um, I hold grudges. <laughs> Do you? Yeah. But I think that's very interesting. I would, I, yeah. I would There's no way that. I'll let that slide. So really? how bad yeah. was it and how bad is it? And if people tried to make amends now, would you be open to that or not? Uh, no. Right. What people won't understand is it. everyone seems to think, oh, you should always be want to be a one-club man. I want to be a one-club man. But at some point also, you've got to protect yourself. And that doesn't mean that you don't want to be a one-club fan. Like, you know, I didn't want, ever want to leave Bath. But there's always a point where... Yeah, everyone says, oh, you should be loyal to the club. Yeah. It's very rare that the club, when things get hard for you, it's very easy for a club not to be very loyal to you. Yeah, And that is unfortunately a nature of professional sport. And it is, you know, it happened at both of my clubs. It, some incidents that you would go, what you've given to them, do you get it back? And and I think, you know, you know when you walk that line, you know, my, my finishing with Bath wasn't how I wanted to finish it, but... I would hold a grudge against before, the guy who did do, it, but... Very few do finish yeah. in the way that they want. Did you sort of just going to say, it's interesting, because I, I said this, I think, before, about something to do with me, me leaving Was and how it went. And, like, you know, and, and the hard thing was for me, I loved the players, I loved... I loved the you know lot of the staff and the vibe and the, the memories but you know every deal I ever did with them was an offer of a pay cut right every single contract was a fight and then it ended badly and I remember saying something online and people it was interesting because you've got to get a mixed review you know you, anything you talk about you know if you say I love coffee someone goes what about tea you're like no that's not what we're talking about with this incident people go well you don't get that in any other work you know job you know if you leave a job you know you don't expect people to be in touch grow up and I'm like it's very different in sport because sport inherits so much emotion emotional giving and taking and especially with rugby the physicality of it it is completely different to anything else because there's so many high highs so many low lows and you're all in it together so the expectation is and the emotional demands that people put on you and question from you you have to expect yeah. that um you're going to get that back and unfortunately it just doesn't work yeah if the emotional you know you look at teams that have succeeded in terms of look at Sarri's sale or exeter if you don't give a shit about the club you are putting so much emotional hurt into it. Yeah. You might be off 1%. You might not think you're off, but if the connection's not quite right, it's not quite right. And then you just don't give a shit just as a, it yeah. might it's not even a measurable amount, but it it can actually cost something or nothing and it and it and it bugs you. That's the worst thing. It yeah. bugs you deep down because you've paid in. Yeah, yeah. you've yeah. paid in and also just the, you know the injustice of it or the fact that 
you know, things haven't been handled or they're asking you to be ultimately professional and they don't provide the facilities or they don't get things right or the food isn't right or the, just all the things that you think would be there as a baseline just aren't. I mean, it's interesting because <laughs> we're talking about Saracens is, you know, there was, I, won't, I won't mention his name because I'm probably in trouble, but remember that guy that used to work there, he doesn't work there anymore. You know, when you had an operation, <laughs> when you had an operation, he used to wake up and he'd be the first person you see holding your hand. You know, he was obviously a senior member of staff, you know, ready to, you know, just to show that he cared. Now, it's all mind games, ultimately, whether they did or not. But, that that kind of level of care and attention, you know, making sure your families are all good and the creches yeah. and all the other I, stuff. I yeah. was played with a with a I can't remember what they call it. Where basically I, I'd had the shits for ten days and I was absolutely decent routine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was it was compiler back to it was called. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I'd had that maybe not ten days, but I had that for a long time, and I literally had no energy. And we had three games in a week, and I played the first game, got through it, played all right. Midweek game, I was like, look, I can't play this game. If you want me to play on Saturday, I need rest. He's like, no, I need you to play. So I played, played shit because I had no energy. And then he called me in to, to discuss how I played to shit. <laughs> yeah, and mad. you're like, hang on. Yeah. You've told me you need me to play. And then you bring me in and say, oh, you played shit. Yeah, I know I played shit. <laughs> Couldn't fucking walk. I was shit yeah. myself. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about some of the world-class stuff that you've done rather than just sort of... But this is very interesting. And I think it's becoming, as I, as I said, it's becoming more and more recognised about the, the challenges, I think, of being an elite-level rugby player in this country. What happened with Bath, in your words, to elicit that response? I don't feel anything for that place anymore. I've got friends there. But in terms of the actual organisation, nothing. Um, I think it's similar to what Tins is saying, to be honest. It's like I felt like I had given a lot to the club in terms of, well, one, a pay cut during COVID, which for them to sign an a million-pound player 18 months later is questionable in my opinion but there was also you know times where um so one example that springs to mind after tin said what he said was they made me captain for a european cup game which was a dead rubber and i was struggling with my calf and retrospectively i should never have set foot on the pitch you know if i was a selfish type player i wouldn't have played that game but i decided to play because i wanted to do what was best for the club and I ended up tearing my calf, missed the first three games for England. So like, that's not a great thing for me to have done personally, but I wanted to do what was best for the club. The same you know, happened when I did my ACL. I played two weeks before that. I wasn't supposed to because you're supposed to have 10 weeks mandatory rest coming back from Alliance Tour. I wanted to do what was best for the club. So I came back, played, and then two weeks later did my ACL. I just felt that there was a lot of stuff that was that I had... I'm not trying to get sympathy from anyone. I'm just trying to get explain why I'm so frustrated. I felt like I had given And what's lots. real life as well, by the way. <laughs> what happens to other players. Yeah. It's not just... Yeah. I felt like I had given a lot. And the way that it was managed in the end was terrible in terms of there was a clause in... in there's always plus ones and stuff in people's contracts. And mine was the 31st of December. I was flying to America with Elise to spend New Year's over there. And I get a call the day before the clause saying, sorry, mate, we can't keep you. And I was like, okay, is were you expecting the clause to be well, activated? All indications were prior to that was that, yeah, we yeah. were going to try and keep you. Um, so I was like, okay, expecting there to be like, you know, uh, we're going to make you this offer or this offer. It was, no, we can't offer you anything. So at that point, I was just, th my head was just fried. I was like, I felt like I've given so much to this club of years, injuries, playing through stuff I should have never played through and just get, cut like that and I don't know you guys can maybe think I'm being unreasonable but I personally was extremely upset by that 
and you know there were some individuals involved who then basically avoided me for six months until my contract was finished and never really gave me the answers as to who made the decision why it was a decision and and I just didn't like how that was handled I think it's interesting, you know, like, because you watch the NFL stuff like Hard Knocks and just how ruthless it is. Yeah. But again, people take the time to explain, even in the, in the ruthless way. But you're also, once you've made that level, your yeah. life has changed. Yes. So your bank account will never, no, never there, run there is, But, you, but you can get, cause the point is when the Hard Knocks stuff, that, you know, that you do training camp and they, they pick you up and then they cut you the next day, yeah. even yeah. though they go, you've been accepted and they cut you. But obviously they even call you in to see the coach and explain what's going on. They help you and they wish you the best of luck. And, and obviously it can still be quite brutal. But in your case, when you when you've got a senior player, you know that level of just business management and people management. And that's one of my biggest bugbears with rugby is that you know in most businesses you go on a management training course or you mm. do something or you do away days to learn how to communicate, how to give feedback, and how to manage things. A lot of people in rugby have no qualifications other than they were good players and they've been not taught how to manage anything. You know, the first thing you do is if you know you're not going to be able to sign someone is you give that person enough time, understanding, you address them, you sit across the room with them, you don't pick up the phone and bin a, a top player off. You know, so this is that's why, that's yeah. for me, yeah. is where all... Of anyone we got on this podcast could be littered with yeah. Wild West cowboy stories yeah. of that level of behaviour. And that's why I always say rugby's not as professional as it could be because it just is not managed in the right way. And there's, there's a lot of people who do a lot of shit and they don't ever look you in the eye and talk yeah. to you about it. Whereas you just want to be treated as an adult. Mm. The one thing I will say is that, is that they did look after me well with in terms of injuries. You know, like I didn't play as much as I should with my Achilles. Yeah. But I wouldn't have had an Achilles issue in the first place had it been managed originally right a little bit so it's repair rather than prevention what is really interesting for me listening to you talk is that obviously the three of us do this two knuckleheads who you know you did play every game that was there and you could kind of truck along and do it yeah you were the same but with you anthony the last 10 years you know i think most england fans would say you are one of the world-class players that this country has right now and i'm just amazed that in you know 27 years into professionalism or whatever it is your story is one that is is quite alarming, I think, relative to what might have been where you managed properly on and off the field type thing. And I think we've spent a lot of time talking about rugby's inability to really get itself to the next level. And I think what we're hearing here, correct me if I'm wrong, is kind of case in point. Well, Not- yes, but I mean, that's what, I mean, that's what, to be fair, you know, Danny Cipriani, you know, he was always, I mean, you know, he trained a lot with Margot Wells, but he was always very adamant that, you know, we were overtraining, not doing the right stuff at the right time for the right people. And and I think, you know, we've said it on a number of podcasts, I think boys are overtrained. I don't think the athletic mentality is there. I think it's, we've always done it, so we're going to do it this way. I think, you know, the way that players are looked after, there isn't the individualization required. I don't think there's the expertise required a lot of the time to get the best out of players. Yeah. And, you know, rugby's become even more attritional than when I was playing. And I, I actually, the only important thing I will say, you know, what Anthony said is I did the same thing, Tins did the same thing, because rugby breeds that team uh, spirit and that atmosphere you don't want to let the team down so you always do what you think's best for the team yeah. when you push yourself now there are obviously outlier players who I you know massive respect I mean, we had with George um, we talked about George Green when he signed for too long you had the clause he wasn't going to do contact you know the lads knew it would be contact because he'd be coming back the other way with his boots his hands not <laughs> not doing it now he was obviously an incredible servant but he was smart yeah if I look back at my career now I always looked after myself 
off the field, reinvested. The club would tell me not to go and see other physios. I'd say, I don't worry, I'm not going to go and do it. And I'd go and see other physios. Yeah. I would train at five in the morning till six with someone else outside the club and then go into the club, tell them I hadn't done anything and then train and then manage it and say I couldn't do stuff because it was my best interest. So I was selfish completely, but I wasn't selfish enough. And I think the one thing that's missing is taking stuff out of people's hands, like the 10-game mandatory thing. There's no way that a club should be asked to do that. Now, I, I spoke to um, Christian Dare about the RPA and they said that a lot of the lads, that rule was trying to be enforced. And a lot of the lads went behind the RPA's back and said, no, actually, we want to play. Now, that should just not be a discussion point. It doesn't matter. There shouldn't be any yeah, that, loopholes. That, I mean, that, that's the also the downside is players will keep doing that because they don't... There's also but that's because they're worried about yeah, their place, yeah, their contract, and their the, Yeah, and there's a worry that you fall behind or you do something yeah. else. And But that's then down to the people who run the clubs to go to as soon to as you walk through better. the door you go nah, yeah. go off yeah. and you get your program that you can do at home but you just don't need to be here so i couple that with the fact that you know irish to bath is obviously i presume a move that you were in control of but it feels at the moment that you've done bath to leicester because you had to and i presume tell me if i'm wrong that there's a pay cut involved in that yeah and now, at the end of, you know, we've got Richard Wigglesworth saying... That's why he's saying, on good bad rugby, he's got to get anything well, done. <laughs> but, but, you know, you've, you've had to move from Bath to Leicester. And now Richard Wigglesworth saying, we'd love to keep him at Leicester, but I don't know quite what's happening. You know, we're looking here at one of England's prime oh, no. elite athletes whose people, career is being passed. People who paid tickets, come on, I've always said that. I mean, one thing the injury has given you, though, is that, is the, oh, look, I'm injured. You look like you can't walk, and then bang, you're gone. I think it's brilliant. It's, it's actually <laughs> gives you a whole lot of yeah, the perception is people, here, are like, <laughs> people are like, geez, he walks slow, and he's walking with a bit of a limp, and then, oh, fuck. Turn <laughs> on game. Um, I, know, I know what Alex is trying to yeah, I know exactly so, what you're yeah, trying to say about yeah, the fact exactly. is, you know, you're, you're, pro, you're a prize asset. Yeah. Uh, you're a blockbuster every time you play. Let Double your, lion. Yeah. You know, Grand Slam winner, It and yet you're sort of, Bobbing, I, I, I find it, as someone on the outside of it, I find it extraordinary that we're talking about an elite-level sport where the prime assets are, are are just sort of being passed around. So I don't mean it in any other way. I'm just interested no, no, no. in your view on that as to whether you <coughs> recognise that and that frustrates you or it just oh, is the, the landscape. I mean, I don't really know in any other profession where you're punished, in a sense, for being at the top of your game. Yeah. Because that's ultimately what it's kind of like now for for a lot of England internationals so I think it's 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 rough at the moment because of the amount of games we we miss so I kind of understand it from a business perspective but but that's why they so, get money for it but if you were playing in Ireland and you lined up in green you'd have 100 caps by now yeah. and you'd have had 12 years at Leinster hey, and you'd, you'd be playing you'd have you'd have played 120 yeah. games max I think what I'm trying to say is I think you highlight a lot of the problems with the English setup at the moment. And I don't, I don't mean that to sort of pin that on you, no, but I think you, you probably do. Let's not dwell on all of the misery. Tell me about Leicester and whether you're enjoying it. It's obviously a very different setup, but tell me about the move and the environment you've stepped into. It's the most professional environment I've actually ever been in, probably. It's as close to an international setup as you're going to get at club level. Like I said, there's nothing done there that's for, for no reason at all. Everything has a purpose. Aled Walters, who's in charge of, of performance, is he's class. A great man. He's yeah. a great man. Yeah, isn't he? he is. He's a legend. He gets the balance right between being a complete joker and knowing things inside out. And I think yeah. that in a place you know like Leicester, where it's, training is tough, you need someone like that. Um, so he's been amazing. Wiggy is class, and, and so was Steve when he was there. So man, I genuinely can't speak highly enough of, of the environment and the place itself. I've loved it. All right. I'm going to ask the question because headlines flashing up. (laughs) Do you know? When do you know? Who's going to make the decision? Where are you going to be? What does it come down to? 
pick comes a, down pick to any a, one of it us. comes down to a lot of things. I think at this stage of my career, ideally, I would like to live at home, close to my parents. My missus isn't from here, um, so we've got no help with the little one from her side. Um, so basically, I'd like, I'd like a full-time nanny. Exactly. Yeah. Where, where are your parents based? Uh, not they cash. are based in Surrey. They're in Surrey, um, so not south of France. So, you know, that's the, the ideal scenario for myself. Um, yeah. But I want to play for England as much as possible, and I want to continue to do that. train at Surrey Sports Park? I think they do. Do they? Yellow ticker across yeah, the bottom of the yeah. screen all of a sudden. No, but I also would explore an opportunity in France if, if it came about. Tell me about Amongst the England players, whether going to France is now a proper topic of conversation because Jack Knowles going, Jack Willis is already over there. A few, a few others are going, actually, aren't they? Joe Marchant, etc. Is it a proper thing that people are talking about now? Yeah, it has to be talked about because, you know, I think ultimately it's, it's a bit of a problem. You know, I wouldn't say necessarily all of those players are desperate to leave the country, but circumstances have forced them to do so. I can't remember exactly how long March has been at Quinns for, but for him to to go to Stad, whether it's a lifestyle decision or not, I think is 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 pretty rough for them to to not be able to keep him. So it's definitely being discussed in and amongst the lads, but you know ultimately we can't make the decisions of how to solve them. You know we've got ideas and we've got suggestions that we'll put forward, but are you being um, listened to? I think more so now, more so now, which is definitely important. Because I think, you know, Haskin Tins will probably agree. Previously, the players have been very much the last people to be... Just know. sign it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Just yeah. sign it. We've all, we've all had a chat. Who have yeah. we been chatting to? Well, we've just chatted amongst ourselves. And some old players that aren't involved in yeah. the game. We've yeah. decided this is the best thing yeah. for you. Are you, you going to be one of those old players nah, now? mate. I, I, but in another podcast we did... Depends I how much cash they pay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, but I said I'd take over world rugby. I reckon I could fix rugby in four weeks. Four so it weeks. was three four weeks. weeks. Oh, three Pushing weeks. It, yeah, I, yeah, I know what's going Yeah. Yeah, I've got to get settled in and work out. I've got to make sure, yeah, I've got to make sure the biscuits and tea are correct. Yeah, yeah facts. So I reckon we sort out. I, I reckon I genuinely could. No, no, like, no problem. Just cut through all the tape, all the nonsense, and just go like, go, look, players involved and start, and go, look, we're going to change this. We'll take players, more professional, less games, global season, you know, no contact in training. Uh, mandatory weeks, other than, all sorted, done, done, dusted. Proper sponsorship, mess around, you know, separate the top game from the from the uh, the top level of the game from the grassroots game. Um, cut, cut all that, not, you know, all the value stuff. Keep that in grassroots. Just be ultimately professional entertainment. Build stars. Carry on. None of that other nonsense. Campaign starts here, and everyone gets an equal vote. And so, you know, the disenfranchised nations like Fiji, you know, none of the top ones get two votes versus one vote. Very simple. All done. Four weeks, really. One meeting, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that's it done done yeah, I've, just, I've actually yeah. fixed it yeah sign that sign that Bill who have you talked that with yeah be amongst myself <laughs> yeah yeah we can't Me afford any of this well you know, it's not my problem I didn't say I can make it affordable I said I can fix it <laughs> I hope it sorts itself out do you know when you'll be making a decision uh, no I hope to have something sorted in the next three weeks or so really yeah and you need I mean you've got have you a little one it's it's like, late, how's all no, that it? yeah it's not ideal I'll be honest playing with nothing sorted for next year like it's not Easy mentally, to be honest. I can imagine. Um, you know, especially considering, you know, the worst case scenario, what could happen is, do you know what I mean? Like, well, hey, uh, here you go. Uh, I fucking got no contract. I've got to play really hard. Oh, but what happens if we get fucking injured? Yeah, uh, yeah. Ansi's not tackled uh, again there. Yeah. <laughs> Normal. Yeah, he's not chased back again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's just standing out the wing waving. Oh, he's yeah. waiting for a ball. He's got a bit of clear space. Oh, he's got to score. Excellent. That's okay, a good day. You've got a sore hamstring. Well, you better play if you want to yeah. get a yeah. That is That is difficult. Yeah, it's, it's horrendous. It's, it's, 
it's very much the sign of the times, unfortunately. James, you've got some exciting news for us. I do, Alex. Well, as you know, I'm a well-travelled man, international DJ, but when I am away on all these multiple trips that I go on, I obviously like to catch up with the rugby and watch movies, so I use NordVPN to make sure I can do that whatever country I'm in. And I also know that your son has recommended you should get NordVPN too as well because he loves watching films, doesn't he? Well, he does. It's funny you should say that because we've obviously worked together for five years now and he knows that you both played for England and he likes his rugby. But the thing he uh, genuinely, because we make stuff up for adverts is what you do, but yes. he genuinely said while we were out skiing, Dad, you know what we've got to get? This amazing thing called NordVPN. It sounds really clunky. I actually know. giving this out, but I am being 100% genuine, absolutely God's honest truth, that he said it's the thing that he needs most in his life so that he can watch the films he wants to watch, which he can't get via the normal... Well, Method, the weird thing is... We, I, so he's actually, more excited about one of our advertisers than the fact I work with two Grand Slam winners and oh World no, Cup winners. Oh no, well, an international winner. DJ and whatever else I up yeah, to. Yeah, not interested um, in that. Not interested uh, But do you know what, right? Because they've sorted me out. They can also sort him out. And you can get an exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com forward slash goodbadrugby. That's Nord, N-O-R-D, VPN, VPN.com. You get a huge discount off your NordVPN plus four additional months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. We'll sort Harry out. They've sorted me out. and sort Tins out. I mean, what more do you need? What a dream sponsor. Thank you. Tell me, though, about how good it is to be back doing what you do, what it's like to be back in that England mix, you know, how well you think you're playing, how much more there is to come. Oh, mate, it's amazing to be back playing there genuine the the setup and everything now is it feels very similar to when eddie first came in you know that that freshness and that like i don't know the the group just was close yes um a needed freshness from sort of eddie i wasn't there towards the end of eddie unfortunately and i always got on well with him so you'll never hear me say a a bad word about about eddie he was class to me just take the piss out of me the whole time. Yeah, the whole time. Hell, Seems to be everyone who likes yeah. him. We got ripped the shit. Oh, right? Honestly, yeah. mate, it was ridiculous. If he saw me warming up and I looked a bit sluggish, he would call me a truck for the rest of the day or a Daihatsu. <laughs> and, then, and then I would do one run in training. He'd be like, yes, mate, the Maserati's back. And I'm like, bro. <laughs> do you remember he had with, with that one time? He, 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 was it was it Marland or, or one of them? You know, the kept, Fox. <laughs> <laughs> the fox. Call him the Fox. But then he said about his um, gold gold Mercedes or whatever because you know all the gold chains he goes Matt I'll book you a gold fucking text uh, and send you home <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. just making shit yeah, up he was mad but I love playing with, with Eddie but you yeah. also knew with him as well I think I mean same thing with Steve because you know, he, you know he's obviously said a fantastic quote about it as well about you know signing you when you first came and, and how important you were to him I think as well if you feel empowered in that environment and respected which I think both Eddie and Steve do you, you feel comfortable you're able to play aren't you and perform like mm-hmm. I think you've been doing it yeah, and I think some of it as well, to be honest with you, is being able to be yourself in those environments because it's very easy to go in there and just you know shy away from being who you are. And I think that that affects how you're able to train and play. Mm. And I think that the environment now is very much like you know guys are themselves. Um, and a big thing that's changed is once we're off, we're off. Um, so, you know, the training day has changed. You're down. They've now got like a marquee down at the training centre. You spend the whole day down there and then you go to your room and that's it. There's nothing else added on to the day or any meetings. And then, you know, if you want to go home on a Tuesday night, you can go home, come back, training um, Thursday. And that makes a big difference, you know, especially for guys who've got kids. I didn't go home. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But some guys were, were going home, and it makes a big difference. It does. Did you tell your wife that you had to stay on a train? Mate, you know how important the recovery is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, you you know, I think, we have, I think we have told yeah. about it that, that one of the lads we used to play with 
told his wife that training started on a Saturday. You know, like meet on a Sunday evening. So he trying on a Saturday. And then um, he wouldn't come home for the day off. And then she walked past him in, in <laughs> St. Margaret's and saw him in the window um, with one of the other lads who said lied to his <laughs> wife just because yeah. they wouldn't look after the kids. And they actually texted him, if you're going to lie to me, do not come to my local cafe, you fucking idiot. <laughs> hey. I've heard stories of lads getting fake schedules made that said they're yeah. there in on the day off. Yeah, yeah. They get changed in the morning, put their club stuff on, drive to the golf course. Chloe just wouldn't buy any of this. No, Do you know what I mean? That's no. the problem. You've got smart missus. You've got air just... tags in both your oh, shoes. Right. 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 I've got a drone. You know, like, um, what was that movie with um, Will Smith? What was it called? You remember about the... Um, Oh, okay. oh yes, where the whole house is bugged. Yeah, like, um, like, yeah. with Gene Hackman, yeah, yeah, well, the, enemy the enemy of the state. Enemy of the state. state. Where well, you know, like they take out, they've got two shoes, <laughs> yeah, a yeah. belt, and he's still got take five on him in a crisp bag. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, mate, yeah. She's got a laughter alarm. If I'm having too much fun, I get a mess. Beep beep. What are you mm. doing? Who are you talking to? What? Are you doing? <laughs> um, what? Um, I was going to say, what was it like in camp this time? With yeah. did you notice the Netflix cameras around, and, and did you notice that? Were you fully aware? Uh, I didn't, mate. To be honest with you, I'm not a big. Uh, I, that's not me, mate. You weren't coming like you know. NFL, like baggy track, baggy suits, and like trying to get in, like wearing different <laughs> like trainers. Like, yeah, that's what I mean. Okay, was there anyone like that? Uh, Freddie Stewart, yeah. Fred- what yeah. playing up wearing like one Reebok yeah, trainer, uh, one night trainer? Just, coach. He would always just appear behind the cameras doing something, or oh you know, really? He'd, he'd wait till the cameras on him to try his PB oh. bench, which was like ninety kilos. At six foot four, that is pathetic. That is pathetic, yeah. But no, nah, mate, we did, I didn't notice them at all, genuinely. Right. Not coming like a big clock medallion. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Flame, flame. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we heard of it. Well, it was Ollie Lawrence a bit like that. He's, he's coming. What, what did someone say about him turning up in... Oh, it was Genji, wasn't it? He yeah. turns up in his garbs after he'd had a good game and he got against Italy. And, yeah. He come said, on, there's a more to Genji oh, said... No. We said about, obviously, Ollie Lawrence, when he played on Daddy... He got one that one game, didn't get picked. Confidence wasn't wasn't great, you know. But he's coming absolutely carved up. And Genji goes, "Yeah, he'd be blowing his tires up." And he went, "Yeah, we can't give him too much because he's an absolute rate. And if we pump his tires up too much, we'll never hit the end of it." He's there like eyebrows at sass. <laughs> yeah, he got more comfortable. I knew he got comfortable when he started wearing his do rag around training. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine Eddie. Imagine Eddie yeah, wearing yeah, a do rag. Yeah. Like, the only person who could get away with that with Eddie was Benno. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because Benno, he's he does his thing. Yeah, he does, it, and there's no and nonsense. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you and if you say anything, it's be a full documentary yeah. made. By, him. <laughs> <laughs> by, by the end of the day, uh, but, yeah. he, he can actually get this out. <laughs> yeah. There. yeah, he can actually end me. So yeah. we'll just leave that yeah. one. Yeah. And what was it like as a as a roller coaster? I mean, you know, it's, it's an obvious question in some regards. But does it feel amongst the group that despite results, you're moving in the right direction? Yeah, I think so. That that French result was a tough one to take. Oh, that was bad. The whole week after that, like you could sense. What when what happens in a week? Is it? It doesn't go very quiet. Is there a lot of shouting and screaming? Is it? No nah. people get on each other's case. No, nah, there actually wasn't. I mean, Steve is very level-headed, regardless, and he approaches wins and losses like the review process behind that pretty similar week to week. But you could sense around the lads that it was like that is categorically unacceptable. But what was unacceptable about it was not the effort or anything. It was that we didn't do what we said we were going to do, i.e. the plan was the plan and we didn't execute it at all. So that was probably the most frustrating thing for us. And I thought, to be honest with you, that we bounced back relatively well against Ireland. I think if that game had been 15 on 15, I genuinely think that we could have won that game. Yeah. And it was a ridiculous red card. It's inter- <laughs> yeah, that's awful. Yeah. It's nonsense. What was your reaction in the moment type thing to, to, to seeing that? 
Well, I'm not in a position to be talking to the refs anyway. Like, no, no, but, but you know that's not not me. But I was watching it, just thinking, there's no way that that can be given as a red card. And then when I saw him pull the red out of his pocket, I was just like, oh my god, here we go. And I knew as well that. <laughs> In the position I played, I was about to have to double my running. <laughs> so, <I was> like, <laughs> like that. A bit of deep heat on the Achilles. Yeah. 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 Sponge. Yeah. But were you like, get rid of a back row, yeah. get another back row? Yeah. Faz yeah. yeah. actually, at half time, literally turned to me and goes, mate, you know you're going to have to do a fuckload of running this half. And started laughing. I was like, bro, <laughs> I know. It's bad for your teammates yeah. for that. Unlucky, mate. Yeah. Oh um, but yeah, no, that game was, I thought we showed a good you know, commitment and, and spirit. And I think that was important on the back of what happened the week before. So I just ask you about the plan, because we, we've talked so many times on this podcast, right, about that, that coaches never coach a team to play badly. Like, in, you know, one day it was under Eddie or whoever it was. They've never taken away your your ability to play and perform and play with, with speed and spirit on the game line. But, you know, you spend all week training for a plan and it doesn't get put out on the field. Like, I just don't think, I mean, can you explain why I think something like that doesn't happen? I know it's hard to yeah. sort of put, not sort of put into words, but, you know, there was a, it was a pretty succinct plan, but just things don't go right because you can't ever get the momentum or the... Yeah, that was part of it. I think that there were there were a few effort areas where we were off, but then as well, you know, there's some things that, especially that they were doing that game that was pretty wild. Like that, you know, once the French get offloading and get going, they're a tough team to stop. And, and, and every bounce as well. See, to, it was yeah. just their, their heaven day, wasn't it? Yeah. And, you know, we were, I can't remember the exact points difference, but we were under the cosh from early. And against them, that's tough going. Um, so that didn't help. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I think we, we, we probably didn't, we probably should have adjusted a bit better as well. But. Yeah. You know, it's hard it's when you're in the tumble dry as well. When you, you you go, we practice all week to do this. We're trying to put it in place. We can't get a break. Every bounce ball's going away. Every, every time we get one positive, we compound it with two <laughs> yeah. negatives. Seventy three down after about twelve minutes. Yeah. Also, what, yeah. Like people think you're going to say something like Borthas is going to give it like an Al Pacino speech at mm. half time. It's a game of inches. And yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter, does <laughs> yeah. it? But like, no, yeah. You can be the most motivated, motivated bloke in the world, and you're still going to get pumped. Yeah. What? Yeah. But what was it like? Because we we did the um, the live room, and basically I, I turned to Alex and said, "Listen, don't let the England players come in this yeah. live room. It's utterly pointless. Yeah. I'll go up and just bamboozle people with bullshit. Just, I'll take all." <laughs> Normal. <laughs> normal. I'll take all the heat. I'll just make people laugh, have a joke, talk about this, talk about how good France were, and move on. But one thing we, we sort of talked about was who in the squad would a step up, and how would you try to get the positivity back in? So obviously you said Borthers was down to earth, but some players must have like. Did you have a meal out? Did you try to do you know a few more games? Like what, what was it? What did you do to raise the emotion in, in and try to get people back in positive? Because you got a job to do. I think it it wasn't too hard because like we're playing against the best team in the world the week after. So you do that again and you're going to have That's why I wonder whether you were like, feelings. fuck, you know, we're playing the best team in the world, this is going to get worse. So, but you saw that as a challenge. Yeah, you? 100%. Right, right. You, we had to. And the guys who were driving that, I think it's pretty obvious, like Genji, Faz. I think Genji is, was genuinely unbelievable, that campaign. As a leader, he just, in my opinion, he just gets it right. He gets, you know, the balance between you know, giving the lads a rocket and also understanding... You know, What's a Genji rocket like? Oh, mate, the one in France was mental. Like, I was like, 
<laughs> it was like nothing I've ever seen before. Like his eyes were popping out his head, spit flying everywhere. I was like, bro. Is this, is this post-game in the change? No, no, no. This was Under I think the polls. after we'd conceded the, I can't even remember what try it was, maybe the fourth try. <laughs> Quite a few shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was under the sticks and yeah, it was a rocket, mate. Um, Along the lines of, what the fuck yeah, is going on? Yeah. He was like, this is a fucking embarrassment, basically. And, Mate, it was. It's amazing because you've been around. Because you kind of look eternally, eternally young. But you know, you've been around for, for for quite a while now. Is it amazing to see the transformation of Genji from that kind of young eight? It was he was he nineteen twenty or when they got him as an apprenticeship? Just him and Sinclair just running around trying to maim people. Do you remember Genji wouldn't say boo to a goose? Yeah. Just like Dredrick Tatum, his default setting was just like terrifying <laughs> death stare. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, really yeah. just still comes back terror. every now and again. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. but to see what he's now grown into, it must be quite amazing to see the kind of transformation because everybody we've had on the podcast and everybody we talk about says what an incredible leader Ellis has turned into and what a, an emotional energy driver within that setup. Mm. Yeah, it's been amazing. I think he he gets people. And I think that that's a very important characteristic that he's got. Like he understands and gets to know everyone in the squad. And that is pretty important. But in terms of his journey, yeah, seeing him and Sink, how they've changed is mental. Like if you, to- if you told me seven years ago that Sink would be trying to live off the land with eight chickens in his garden, uh, I would never, ever, ever have believed you. Um, Sorry, what? <laughs> he's living, on- he's got chickens now? Yeah. And he's he's got, like, got, a is, this is the same up. man that put a urinal in his cup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that was mental, <laughs> the, mate. The, around the brothel upstairs, that that was the, crazy. where all the damp leaked yeah. through the roof. Yeah, it was a shower. It wasn't a urinal. No, no, no. So, sorry, no, no. We said he put a urinal because he used to wee out the window his French windows of the garden. Yeah. Remember, we said he wanted to put a urinal yeah, on the yeah, wall yeah, in yeah, the sitting yeah, room. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then he put a shower in a cupboard. Yeah. but did it himself with absolutely no <laughs> yeah. um, sealant or anything. So it was like steamy, silky. He showed us a video, and he literally would slide his clothes to one side and walk into a shower. It's like Narnia <laughs> and the Wizard of Oz. It's a story. It's a making of a great novel. Did you think he'd ever just write the incoherent nonsense? that it, I know there's social media posts. Like I know what that thing he is involved in is really good and it's had a good yeah. effect. It's not yeah. to joke about. But I don't understand half the things he's talking about. It's like about spiritual stuff. But I'm like, what are you... Transcendental, transformation. What, yeah. yeah. what would uh, him, him and Johnny conversation Oh, my like? God. Johnny Wilkinson and him got trapped in a room. I don't know what would happen. I think they'd create a rip in the space-time continuum. <laughs> <laughs> Interstellar. Interstellar. Everything would just get sucked through it. Just as like gnaws off about stuff. Because, I mean, I just see his transformation is mad, isn't it? From mm. that kind of NFL watching, yeah. more heat, baby. Oh, he still loves that stuff. You still get that occasionally from him. But he's, I think what it has done has helped him more on the pitch yes. than anything else. But it's, it's, yeah, sometimes he says stuff and I'm like, what? This is not the same bloke. Like he's coming down with these potions of like ghee with, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? You used to be eating a 24 piece at Morley's on a Saturday night and now you're coming down with ghee and all this. It's just, yeah. But interesting enough, what's happened with both of them in particular, Ellis said, you know, he was uh, playing video games too much didn't take sleep seriously, you know, taking sleepers, doing whatever he was going to yeah. do, and then basically uh, went, do you know what, I'm going to buy into this professionalism, I'm going to do everything I can do, like you did with your injuries and like you do now. Same thing with Sinks. I'm going to start investing back in myself. I'm going to be ultimately professional. I'm going to do everything. Both of them have done that. Both their careers have gone through the roof. So mm. it's kind of, I know it's an obvious thing to do, mm. but sometimes you've got to look at yourself and go, am I doing everything I can do? And, and sometimes you actually aren't, and those guys have just grown into incredible players. No, 100%. Yeah, I think Sink is... Sink is now probably in the top five most professional people that I've worked with. And sometimes this 
to the detriment of our friendship. Like, <laughs> bro, the bloke in the sauna is just, you've seen him and he's, he's, he's just mad, honestly. Like, he'll come in and, you know, the Penny Hill sauna, he grabs like this bucket full of ice and it's like, no one can leave until Kyle says it's okay to leave. <laughs> like, he's like the chief of the sauna. It's just, just heating it up, just yeah. heating it up, heating it up. People are passing out. Yeah, he's, but he loves it and it helps him and he'll, he'll do anything to help him play on the weekend yeah. and, and that's important. So, and you Fair have to just manage it by telling him he's got a good back. We went on holiday to Fiji, and I sh- this is not an exaggeration. Every six hours, he said, mate, can you just take a picture of my back for me? <laughs> I swear, I've got so many pictures of his back. What a gallery. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous, mate. Is, is, is he going to folder? Yeah. He might back. as well. It's ridiculous. Because <laughs> that's how you got me. If, if Six was feeling low. If you went, Six, bro, you're... You're looking massive. Your back's looking yeah. great. Or if you want to bring him down the other way, you say, mate, your trim is looking <laughs> awful. <laughs> awful. Who cut your hair, bro? And he'll be fuming. <laughs> and we hope you're there. But just uh, to mark your code, very welcome to join us, actually, if you're not. But the Premiership, obviously, in a very exciting place right now. The race for the top four is intense, to say the very least. 13 points between third and ninth, would you believe? Saris have got themselves a home semi-final already, but who else will be there? We will find out. And we will also be at Twickenham Stadium for this year's Gallagher Premiership Final. Don't miss it. You can get your tickets at eticketing.co.uk forward slash Premiership Rugby. We'd love to see you there. We've got all sorts of activity planned on the day. If it's anything like as good as the last two, we are in for one hell of a day at Twickenham for the Gallagher Premiership Final. So check out eticketing.co.uk forward slash Premiership Rugby to be at English Rugby's showpiece. Tell me a little bit about your, I'm going to call them marginal gains, but because I was reading about visualisation, mm-hmm. which I've not heard a lot about. Mm. How, how did that find its way into your, yeah, your, your routine? Yeah, I mean, when I first started at Bath, like, I used to get so nervous for games. Um, really? Yeah, so nervous, like to the point where I, I didn't enjoy it. Like I was so nervous, I just, didn't want to go out there like I would rather in my head have just fast forwarded to the end of the game and if I'd played average then at least it's over do you know what I mean like I just didn't I wasn't in a good space and do you know why that was is that just had you always been like that even as a kid yeah, was I, it- I had been I had been always pretty nervous like the, the most nervous I'd ever been in my entire life was before school sports day when I was probably like 16 because my brother had the record for the 100 meters right and I had to beat his record right I can remember it, mate. I, I must have been nervous from four weeks out for that. Like, I swear. And did, did you beat it? I did, yeah, yeah. thank God. <laughs> yeah. Unlucky. Um, yeah, yeah, I held that over him for a long time. But yeah, so I started working with a, a sports psychologist called Don McPherson in oh, Bath. Monkey man. Yeah, who does a lot of stuff with guys in the F1. Did some stuff at Gloucester yeah. when I was there. Okay. Yeah, and he just, he just uh, at first he just helped me just talking about things and, you know, just... Obviously, you can't really open up to someone about what you're going through until you trust them. So it took a while. And then he said, why don't you try one of these MP3s that I do for the racing drivers, which is like a guided visualization, which he's he's done with those guys. And it's, and they've timed the lap in their mind yeah. um, and then compared it to the actual lap that they've raced. And the, the difference is tiny. So it shows the power of of how good and how accurate visualization can be if it's applied correctly. And we started doing that to prepare for games. Um, so it's like 20 minutes MP3 and it just goes through 
you know, how I see myself playing, um, you know, connecting with your body and stuff. You know, I did this. I did this. Like, so I did visualisation all throughout my career from 17, my sports college, and I used to set my alarm and do it. But then the kind of stuff you're talking about, like a, a guy I did almost um, visualise on meditation or hypnotherapy, mm-hmm. really. Um, I did in the last kind of four years of my um, my game and basically someone who recorded a custom one for me you know talking about how you f- like felt and you would just you know his voice would be quite calming and you'd be talking about going you know going back to a place relaxing and then we're like you know God, I'd how- love you to listen to that now <laughs> you know, I, but actually when you were thinking about it I thought to myself because of some of the stuff I do I still do it with like the DJing or if I get nervous before speaking I, you know again if you think about what happens if I mess up what happens if I drop yeah. a ball stopping yourself yeah. in that moment and thinking actually what happens if I did catch it and you're th- in closing your my, uh, eyes and thinking about what the ball felt as you oh, when you saw the ball in the sky you jumped to it how you feel leaving the ground mm. how you put your hands up in front of your face all well, you build a process in your mind when it bounces off your Swede when it bounces off your Swede when you slip over and fall yeah. Yeah. but no and you imagine that sensation or for me the tackling as you, you speak know. to the referee and ask yeah. for the yeah. laws yeah. that you're meant to be playing yeah. to yeah. Yeah. but as you, as, you, as you tackle something again you know that feeling of your shoulder making contact even the smell of the grass you know picking someone up driving them down how that feels your mind doesn't know whether you've done it or haven't done it and it also stops the negative thinking so you basically build the, the pathways um, you're correcting negative thinking, so you're going to reinforce it because everyone has that moments of self-doubt. It's one of the most powerful tools anyone can ever use. It also apparently like sends signals to the muscles that you would activate doing that movement on a really low level. So like, I find it unbelievably helpful. Like I go into games now a lot calmer than I otherwise would. Like the nerves have, like I don't get too nervous anymore. Like some big games, yeah, you still feel it, but yeah. Um, after I listen to it, the difference is is wild. And do you have moments that you visualise that then you feel re- recreate etc. on the pitch? Yeah, it has it, happened. It has, has it? happened a few times. I know it's going to sound like voodoo-y and crazy, but it genuinely has happened. Like the Wales try, one hundred percent this I year. Had, yeah, I had seen. I had practiced in my mind finishing in the way I finished in that corner, and it happened exactly how. And um, I don't know whether do, that's. Do you, do you capture that in the moment? I mean, that's that that's quite sort of deja vu. Yeah, yeah. No, it was afterwards. I started thinking about what I had thought about in the visualization, and then I remembered that that was exactly how I had pictured it because I know, I I knew what wing I was playing on. Yeah. I knew where I was most likely to be having finishing opportunities, so I knew what type of finishes I had to practice thinking about and what it had to feel like. So I knew that I had what had to have the ball in my right hand. And I knew that I was probably going to have to dive because someone would be coming from my right-hand side. And it just worked out exactly how I'd pictured. That is mad. Mm. I love the fact as well you've got control of the nerves. I think that's a very powerful kind of kind of message. You're obviously, you're, we keep saying, elite, elite. Are you constantly looking for marginal gains in, in your thing? I mean, do you use tech? Do you, I don't know, speak to a lot of other people? What kind of things do you yeah, do? Yeah, 100%. Do? I think across the board, to be honest, it's like in every facet, you know, from a strength and conditioning perspective, I'm always looking to try and, you know, whether it's a new lift or it's, you know, working with a speed coach again um, on the on minute details, footwork stuff, and then just more rugby-related stuff, watching rugby, seeing how people do things, seeing how I can influence the game more. I don't think I've scratched the surface of, of where I can really be rugby-wise, to be honest with you. Really? No, no, no. That's, I mean, that's fascinating at this stage of your career. Is that, is that something you tell yourself because, you know, you're keeping the hunger or is that, 
Do you explain that to me in terms of what, yeah, what think, more would you like to achieve and, and what more could you Well, what obtain? more I would like to achieve, I would love to, to go to another World Cup. I would love to go on another Lions tour. That would be, I would be very, very happy with my career after that. In terms of, you know, what exactly to work on, I just feel like I can influence games a lot more now with my understanding of rugby, okay. um, which I otherwise didn't have. You know, the, probably the first four or five years of my career is I would let games come to me and, you know, if I got the ball, brilliant. If the ball was kicked to me, brilliant. And that was about it, you know. I didn't really want to step up. It wasn't past you, it was the 13th fault. I had to exactly. Do it. Yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Sinbad. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, you got onto you, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, that's fascinating. Yeah. I'm really interested in that. Is that is that something you you've explored in quite a lot of detail in terms of what? Sorry, in terms of the game understanding and in terms of how much more you want to kind of achieve. Yeah, I just feel like you know, especially playing on the wing, you know, you can wingers can have games where they are unbelievable, and they can have games where they might as well not be on the pitch. Yeah, and I think it's easy as a winger to let those games happen. You know, where you don't touch the ball. And so I've just tried to look at ways of, of trying to get involved more and try and do more and try and impact the game as much as possible because, you know, at this stage of career, I still haven't won the league. I want to win the league. And, you know, I've got to do whatever I can do to help the team. So if that's chasing kicks for 80 minutes, as much as it's not the most glamorous, <laughs> as you would have seen on Friday be done. Tell me about, is it Loom? Tell me about, what's the... Whoop. Whoop. Yeah, sorry. So I, Tell me I started about using these guys actually as part of, originally as part of um, my ACL rehab. Because I was working one-to-one -one with a coach, he used to get a lot of data, as much as he could basically. Yeah. So um, we had obviously the GPS from Stat Sports, and he would look at that, crunch all the numbers, and then he used that as well, the Whoop, to, to try and tailor training programs. So in the end, we figured out basically that the best way of doing the rehab was to go three weeks on which was monday tuesday thursday friday sometimes saturday and then on that fourth week i would train monday tuesday thursday have a break and then come back on the monday and all the jump scores and all the metrics you look at from an acl perspective were significantly better than before so it's just something that i've i used as a training aid then and continue yeah. to use now it'd be good for me um it might, your Can strain you might be a bit low now, mate. Yeah. I'll be honest. You reckon? Yeah. Well, you haven't seen my lifestyle, pal. <laughs> Saturday <laughs> night is absolute it? chaos at the moment. <laughs> Saturday night is, what do you mean? Trying to DJ over here, fly back, then do a live tour show, and then you oh, know, yeah, yeah, go yeah, on yeah, some yeah. random talk TV programme. Then With do a some, little one. Yeah. 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 It's going to be telling you to get 12 hours sleep, and you're yeah. going to be getting four. Yes. Yeah. Right, it we'll might stress your life out a bit. Johnny May had one, and he had to throw it away after <laughs> a couple of days. Because Why? Because it kept telling he was dead. Yeah, it said his recovery was too low, and... That didn't work for him. Right. <laughs> because he because he's the most professional. Yeah, the yeah. most. The yeah, most professional. Yeah. Like, you know, he is consistently on a rotation of stop clock. Yeah. Icing, stretching, ultraviolet therapy, red light sauna, ice baths, compact. It's non-stop. Yeah. Game yeah. ready, non-stop. Yeah. Mad. Obviously a lot to come. Fingers crossed the World Cup. Fingers crossed the league. We'll see what, obviously where next season comes. But stopping the clock here and looking back, amazing series with the Lions in New Zealand. Obviously, a disappointing one, but still a line in 2021. Grand slams with England, etc. What for you are the moments now, or the bits of memorabilia, or the photographs on the wall that you are? That was a special day. 2016 Grand Slam was my favourite. Try against France. Yeah, it was just. I don't know that group again. Like we were talking about earlier, was close, and I just felt like it was us against absolutely everyone. Like I felt like no one wanted us to win. Everyone was rooting against us. And we just came out flying. And then the Australia tour was a was a close 
it's a close second because that was unreal as well. Is that 2016? Yes, because yeah. you were injured. Yeah, the yeah. Album, so that whole season was was unreal. That would definitely be my fondest rugby memory is that Grand Slam. Greatest mates in the game? JJ's got to be in there. Um, How is he these days? <laughs> he's looking good. good. <laughs> yeah, looking he's good. Right. Yeah, he's doing well. JJ would be one. I have to put Sink in there and Genji. Can't be old now, yeah. JJ. Even I played against him. Yeah. No, it's JJ's cool, not yeah. that old, mate. <laughs> he's not looking good. He started young. He's 31. He's doing a bit of presenting and stuff. He can't now, be 31. He's 31. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's been around to, for a long time. 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 What, yeah. is he, does he get stressed about Is he just thinks there's a chance to get back from England at all? Uh, I'm not sure. If you'd ask him, he'd say no. Right. But, mate, honestly, he's, he is one of the most talented players yeah. I've ever played with. Like him and Elliot Daly, in terms of skills and ability to prob- probably play anywhere in the backs. Yeah. Like, those two are insane. So I wouldn't say no, but if you asked him, he would say <laughs> zero chance. He's, he's never been the most positive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, got a, he's one of the loveliest, sweetest people. But ask him, he's just a little thunderground. He's always tired as well. Yeah, he's yeah. just like, right, like, you know. <laughs> I'll throw Liam Williams in there as well. From is that Would that be Alliance? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we roomed together and um, we spent a lot of time together. He's mad there. for such a good So time. mad. Very did, you, did, you, yeah. did you throw in the ball for the O'Brien? Yeah, you I had very that. little to do with that try. I was thinking about that try. I was like, I think it was just the pass at yeah. the start. Yeah. And I really probably should have followed up that <laughs> yeah, pass. Yeah. But I just, just, <laughs> just imagine, <laughs> you could have scored it. Yeah, yeah. No yeah. double efforts. No, 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 no. I could have been on the end of that one. That would have been nice, wouldn't it? That would have been amazing, yeah. Most respected opponent? Do you know what? I would say as an opponent, as a team, I'd probably say Faz. Really? Yeah, yeah. Just because he's he won't he won't back down to anything. He's in your face. He'll let you know. I just respect the way he goes about his business. So I'd say him. Yeah. Hask was. Were you waiting for? No, no, bro. No, I thought you'd get me in the friendship one. (laughs) 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 I didn't want to be a respected opponent. I mean, I didn't get anywhere near you. (laughs) Have you not realised now that's generally the consensus? You always think you're going to make the friendship one. Couple, bro. Come on. No, bro. No, he's that. He's that type of guy who is close, but he's just not. Yeah, I'm all like. You know, I'm there, like good old, yeah, fun old hash, yeah, but oh, never like anyone's it, actual it, friends. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? It's quite it's sad. I've never heard any of the players say they hate you. No, 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 I don't think anyone hates me, but they also just, I'm not close enough to anybody. I'm they're just like, always like, there, like good fun if I was they're there. They're like spending right. two hours with him, but it's like, it's yeah. like, yeah, what, what, grandparent or what you say about other people's kids it's great yeah. spending now but it's lovely to, to give them back yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, if I, like, I would be there people enjoy my company we'd have a laugh and you talk about it nicely but no one ever rings me out like I sit at home going <laughs> oh any of these boys are going to call like any now I'll actually spend I'll spend some time outside of training yeah, yeah. and you're there and there's just like Chloe now and you're like she's looking at you go I suppose we'd just better go out and chill yeah no it's a sad, it's a sad oh, time I've never, I've never anyone's real good friend mm. apart from Dozers no yeah so Dozers is more yeah. that's right violin music it's not a problem just know your lane yeah. Know your lane. Know your vote. Offer a lot of entertainment. You know, good associate to a colleague to everyone, but never a real friend. <laughs> good associate. <laughs> More of a work friend. Don't you know? Yeah, it's fine. This is having a tragic ending. And yeah. um, being a dad? Uh, yeah, it's been mad. I would actually really, really struggle if my missus wasn't so good because my really? attention span Amen. is shocking. Like... When I have to watch him, have to watch him. When, when, <laughs> when, I'm, when I look when I after my son, who yeah. oh, I love a lot. <laughs> you were about to pull out Daddy Daycare and then yeah. you'd have had people go, it's not Daddy Daycare. Yeah, yeah. It's Peter Parrott. Yeah. yeah. Um, when I'm with him for, or, yeah, for a couple of hours at the end of it, I'm, I'm itching, <laughs> I'm itching to get on to something else, like to do something. How old is he? Uh, he's two. Right. 
Um, oh, yeah, I'm in that mix. But yeah, I, lo- I do love it. I do yeah. love it. It's like when you come home, it's a different type of of energy coming home to a little one than it is, you know, to just... I'm slagging off everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very, you've literally thrown everyone the But they say, isn't it, do you want to know the definition of love, right? Or, or an example of love. Lock your missus and a dog in a boot of your car, come back after three hours and see who's happy to see you. Fucking, <laughs> 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 it's always the dog, in it? They don't Fact. care. That yeah. is proper love, mate. Yeah. That's a proper experiment. And a, a kid as well, when you yeah. open the door, you're going to get love come what may. Yeah. Missus could be... Silent and tutting, yeah. 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 smashing stuff on. T- must be something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Banging everything on the table, fucking brick, <laughs> <laughs> smashing. You know, like, oh, sh- you know, the dishwasher yeah. sounds like a percussion yeah. section yeah. of an orchestra. <laughs> um, really interesting. It's been really, really enjoyable having oh, you on. Having I, I, no, it's been I'm awesome. stuck on this. I can't quite believe that you've had to sort of go through some of the things you've had to go through as one of the most elite players that the country's had over the last 10 years. I'll stop banging on about that. Is that I agree, you know I agree but I would say that uh, this podcast has mysterious ways of helping people. Yeah. yeah. And now people understand that you're out of contract. You want to stay in the UK to be close to your family. You look good in magenta, still want to grey, play for world, green and blue. Yeah, still want to play World Cup and the Lions Tour. And you're a dedicated ultimate professional who really yeah. cares about the game. And you think you've got more to give. I'm pretty certain... <laughs> That you're going to be okay. I hope so. I well, hope like, so. If we don't, honestly, it would be a joke that one of the best players England's ever produced isn't yeah. in the mix and doesn't feel security and should be penalised because he's sick of what he does. Yeah. So, I, I, and yeah. I think, but I think that's unfortunately the nature we've covered and, in the and podcast. If, but and if it doesn't go well, I can get you something down at Minchin Hampton anyway. Yeah. Doing, Thank you, yeah, mate. Yeah, I, I might it might be three pints. Yeah, three pints. I need a, I need a tour manager for my DJing. So <laughs> like, yeah, oh yeah, admin is it? I'm good at yeah. I bet well that's perfect. I will keep you away from the kid and the missus. So we're fine. What touch? Perfect. Whoop band, boop yeah. dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. One night out, <laughs> flatline. Very nice to see. You. Thank Thanks you very much, much for coming on. Good luck with all that's to come. Cheers, guys. Coming Appreciate out. you. Elsewhere, Elmer is heading into the Wales camp in the TikTok Six Nations to meet some of the girls and get a bit of a tour of the training centre. That's on this week's The Good, The Scars and The Rugby in partnership with Vodafone. That's out on Thursday. Don't forget, you can get your tickets to come and see us on tour in the autumn this year. That's for our World Cup after party. We're going to be Guildford, London, Swansea, Cardiff, Edinburgh, Northampton, Reading, Oxford, Leicester, Birmingham, Southend, Exeter, Plymouth, Newcastle, Nottingham, Manchester and Bath. Tickets are on sale now. Google or search for Good Bad Rugby World Cup After Party to come and play. We've already got rid of a load of tickets, so thank you to all those of you who are on your way to come and see us in November. Did you say about tours? Because I'm also on tour with Sex Tries Video Tech. You can get tickets for jameshaskell.com. I've still got Coventry, Plymouth. Edit. No edit. <laughs> no edit. edit. No, you dare edit, edit this out, and, and I will edit. kill you. Sex Tries Video Tapes, please pick up your tickets now, because it's the pre-tour. It'll warm you up for our tour it's in November 7th. It's the hors to the main it's event. The, it, 100%. You are an hors d'oeuvre. You know when yeah. people are shit when it first starts I'm a out. fluffer. I'm a fluffer <laughs> for the main event. JamesHaskell.com for tickets. Thank you. Don't forget to subscribe to The Lock-In <laughs> if you haven't already. One of the most extraordinary shows we've ever produced, and that's in five years of fairly random content. <laughs> we have a, a Hask meltdown this week where he battles with Anne Widdicombe on Jeremy Vine's show on Channel 5 all about parenting. In a KY filled peddling pool. It really is some of, the most, some of the most extraordinary conversation you will ever listen to if you haven't already subscribed to The Lock-In. Yep, I can understand why, but this week it is the one to join. If you haven't already, £3 a month is an absolute bargain roll up roll up get involved an extra pod we put out most weeks for the super fans go get it if you fancy it i really enjoyed this i did too well done and thank you very much indeed for coming well, along Mike. uh good luck with all that's to come tins 
go run, go get your train. No, I think we're good. We're Pedal good. To the metal. The Good, the Bad, and the Robe is produced by Andy Angelo and is a Falling Pocket production. See you next week. Bye for now. You've been listening to The Good, Yay, The Bad, uh, and The Rugby. Oof. With Alex Payne, James Haskell, and Mike Tyndall. Thanks for listening. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.